Hey everyone, I'm Stephanie. I'm a book-loving, notebook-hoarding reader and writer on a mission to change lives one book and one notebook at a time. And this is the Get Literate Podcast. On this podcast, we explore the power of leading literate lives. We talk all things books and reading, notebooks and writing, and everything in between to make our lives better. And no matter what better means to you, the pages inside books and notebooks can help us get there. So each week, we'll mix together books, notebooks, mindful practices, and creativity to cultivate a life we love. Now grab a notebook and your TBR list, and let's get literate. Hey everyone, Stephanie here. Welcome back to another episode of the Get Literate podcast. Before we dive in today, I want to make sure that you know about some fun that I'm having on my social media feeds. It's called hashtag read your feed. Now, I actually started this a while back. I would pop into friends and followers direct messages and recommend a book to them based on what I saw in their feed or a recent post that they shared. So I may have seen a book and thought instantly of the person who would love it and sent them a quick message. Or maybe I was just doing some mindless scrolling. That scrolling sparked a book I thought they might like. And then I sent a note into their direct messages. It started out as this fun, random act of bookish kindness, and I've kept it going ever since. Now, recently, I thought it would be much more fun to make this a public read your feed experience. So not only could I share books with others in direct messages, but I could also put those book recommendations on my feed so that others could see what those book recommendations were and maybe add them to their TBR stack as well. Plus, I thought it might connect the bookish people in my world together. So that's how the public version of hashtag read your feed started. I posted my very first public read your feed post so far, and I wanted to share it with you. Here's what I wrote on my social media page. Happy Read Your Feed Friday. Today, I'm sharing my first public Read Your Feed book recommendation just in time for weekend reading. I love popping into random social media feeds and recommending a book I think the owner would love to read next. Today, I'm reading this Instagram feed, My Simple Little Life, and that's Amy W. A few things are quite clear. She loves flowers, running, family, and friends, and beautiful quotes. Since I know Amy, I also know that she loves personal development texts. So the book that I'm recommending is How to Be a Wildflower, a field guide by Katie Daisy. This is a beautiful nonfiction book filled with outdoor beauty, with quotes, and with inspiration for a life well-lived. All aspects of Amy's feed and life that I think come through loud and clear in her account. Here's a snippet from the publisher. A fresh perspective, an outdoor exploration, a new adventure about to begin. How to Be a Wildflower is the book to celebrate these and other wide open occasions. 
Encouraging self-discovery through encounters with nature, beloved artist Katie Daisy brings her beautiful paintings and lettering to this collection of things to do, things to make, quotes, meditations, natural history, and more. I think I might have to add this to my own TBR stack too. I sent that post out into the world, and as I had hoped, Amy loved the book. She thought it sounded perfect, and she went off to find it. So if your feed is anything like Amy's, or if you can relate to any of these things that I've said about Amy, then you might want to take a look at that book too. Now, before we go, go any further, I mean, if you want to get in on that read your feed fun, all you have to do is send me a direct message and let me know that you want to join in. I'll take a look at your feed and then offer a public post in the future. Or you can go to any one of my read your feed posts and just comment there. And I'll be sure to collect that information, read your feed, and send either a direct message or post a public recommendation later on. But now moving on to today's episode and how it's connected, because today's episode was actually inspired by that first public read your feed posts. Now, you know, these podcasts, these episodes, they are all in real time. I don't make them weeks in advance. You're listening to what I'm actually reading. You're listening to what I'm actually writing about and what I'm actually learning about. And I went down a very lovely rabbit hole of books when I was exploring books that I thought Amy would like. That's what today's episode is about. I want to share those books that I also found today. These are books that you can read in small doses over time and in no particular order. They're there when we need them. They're books that can pick us up when we're having a tough time. Books that we need to read to occupy our mind, but we really don't have the bandwidth for a story. Books where we just need a little spark of inspiration in order to keep going on with our day. Those are the books that I want to share here. Specifically, I have four more that I think Amy would love, but I also think all of us would love if we just want a little book that's available when we just need a little pick-me-up or a little moment of reading. So here we go, the first book. We are gonna start with Read This for Inspiration, Simple Sparks to Ignite Your Life by Ashley Perez. This book is a bundle of colorful joy. It is hardcover, it's got a shiny cover on it. The title is written in bright multicolored letters. The pages, feel good. They're a little bit thicker. They're filled with color and geometric shapes, just like Ingrid Fatelli would love. She is the joy expert. And she says, if we surround ourselves with color and shapes, then our joy will increase. And just looking at the pages of this book does that. Now, if you don't know Ashley Perez, she was originally a writer on BuzzFeed, and now she is a TV writer and an artist. And she actually made this book for herself. She wanted to stop what she called phone fatigue. She found herself getting up in the morning and the very first thing she would do was grab her phone and do some mindless scrolling. 
And whenever she was bored or frustrated or whatever other emotion came up throughout the day, she'd grab her phone and do the same. She wanted to break that habit and she wanted something different. She wanted something that was uplifting, that would spark her curiosity, that would help her learn. And in fact, she calls each page of this book a different spark for all of us. Now, she's got some really great topics that she explores through this book, and they are tagged by color for you to find them. Topics like body image, self-care, you do you, pioneers, be bold, adventure, science, nature, self-improvement, family, relationships, work, money, hope, gratitude, relaxation, and more. And each spark offers a one to two page spark for your senses, the color, the font, the inspiration in the words. There are a couple that I have loved and I tend to go back and forth on these books. Sometimes I read them in order. Sometimes I literally do read them out of order on purpose. It all depends on my mood. But some of the ones that I have really gravitated towards that I liked were the two minute rule. This reminded me of Gretchen Rubin's one minute rule where it says anything you can do in under two minutes, do it now. And it gives you kind of a, a rule for living. There's also a two-page thread on wabi-sabi, that Japanese concept, and it, it gives you some things to think about on how you might embrace that concept in your day. I also loved one called Dark Matter. We have no idea what a full 95% of the universe is made up of. If you don't have it all figured out quite yet, you're probably good. There are lots of little nuggets like that throughout the book that just make you stop and think, stop and feel better, stop and have an idea of how to make your day better later on. Another one of my favorites was about not wasting your time on toxic people and how you can shift your day from that moment forward as a result of that. But then I also loved one that was about banana bread. And it, it was just perfect because it talked about how banana bread is best when we use those really dark, ripe, brown spotted bananas that we waited too long to eat and enjoy. And instead we turn it into something wonderful. And it ends with a really beautiful phrase. There's always a way to reinvent yourself. Embrace your dark spots for the sweetness they bring and jump into act two. This book is filled with inspiration like that. And I have colorful sticky notes embedded throughout so many of the pages, which just adds to the beauty of the book, I think. This one is next to my bed on my nightside table so that I can grab it. And you'll see that the other books I actually have in different spaces of my home in case I need inspiration in other rooms too. So that's Read This for Inspiration, Simple Sparks to Ignite Your Life by Ashley Perez. Now, next up, I want to share with you Keep Moving by Maggie Smith. Notes on loss, creativity, and change. Now, this book is also a small hardcover book. I'm noticing that all of these books are smaller in nature. They're all beautiful hardcover. But what I love about this is that it is salmon orange. It is a beautiful, bright color that you can't help but smile looking at it. Inside, 
the pages are a mix of white, black, and blue and varying shades of them. So it's a beautiful contrast with the cover of the book that you can't help but look at as you're turning the pages. Now, I wanted to read the introduction to you to really give you the idea behind what this book is about. Here we go. When my daughter was in second grade, she struggled with anxiety at bedtime, about death in particular, but also about the future in general. I would tuck her in at night and lie with her in the dark, holding her, listening. When will I die? She'd ask. Will you definitely die before me because you're older? What could I tell her? There are no guarantees in this life, but she was eight years old. I'd smooth her hair from her face and try my best to find the right words to calm her mind. Yes, I'm sure I'll die before you, but not until I'm very old and you're a grown-up. The questions kept coming. Will we miss each other when we're dead? Will we even know we're dead? When will it happen? Will we feel it? Life is long, a long book, I told her, and you're only on the first chapter. Who wants to ruin a book by worrying about the end the whole time? Who wants to know how a book will end? That would be boring, she said. And of course, she was right. Life is a book, long if we're lucky, and we write it as we go. The ending isn't written, waiting for us to arrive. I'd known this all along, logically, but I hadn't felt it yet. I thought that I knew my story. I thought that what I was living was the whole story, but it was only a chapter. After my almost 19 years together, my ex-husband and I separated. When my marriage ended, and with it the life I had known, the book did not end. Suddenly, there were so many blank pages, so many blank years ahead to fill. There were days, weeks, when I could hardly get out of bed, hardly eat, but I felt the desire to write. If everything was going to fall apart, I told myself, at least I could create something. I was learning to live a different story, and I needed to find the words for it. I struggled to write poems during this time. When I write a poem, I don't begin with an idea and then seek the language for it. I begin with the language and follow where it leads me. But now I had ideas to work with, stories to tell, and I knew I would need a different kind of writing, a different container for my thoughts. One morning, I wrote a goal for myself, just a couple of sentences, and posted it on social media. The next day, I wrote another one. Since then, I have written a note to self, an affirmation, an encouragement, a self-directive, every day. The question I asked over and over in those first days and weeks was, what now? And that question inspired the last sentence of every goal, keep moving. I had no idea what would happen next, what the next chapter would hold, but I had to get myself there. Isn't that just a beautiful introduction? I think it captures the nature of this book quite well, because every page is a goal, and every page ends with the words, keep moving. It focuses on revision in your life, resilience in your life, and transformation in your life. Even Glennon Doyle has endorsed this book as being life-changing and transformative. And every page is sure to wow, whether in reflection, whether in surprise, or in just the ability to stop for a minute. 
Here were a couple of my favorites. Prepare to be uncomfortable in service of transformation. If you want to thrive in a new life, you're going to have to change too. It may feel like you're breathing different air, but trust that you can adapt. Press on, keep moving. Here's another one. Approach each day, today, with eagerness. Approach the day with the spirit of, yes, please. Drink it in, yes, please. More, please. Keep moving. Here's another one. Do not stop at the wall looming before you. Make a door. Make a door wide enough, not only for you, but for others. And here's one final one. Let change, even traumatic upheaval, remind you that anything is possible. When the dark cloud of chaos hangs over you, let possibility be the silver lining. Keep moving. There are so many gems of wisdom in this book that I actually did go back and read it cover to cover. And now I can pick one up when I need it for that little jolt of inspiration. So that's Keep Moving, Notes on Loss, Creativity, and Change by Maggie Smith. Now, next up, I also have a small, chunky, hardcover book, keeping with the theme. And this color scheme is very calming. It's blue and yellow and gray, and it's fitting for the title of this book, 1001 Ways to Slow Down, a little book of everyday calm by Barbara Ann Kipfer. Now, I love this book because there are literally 1001 ways to slow down just written in numbers so that you can pick one that will work for you at the moment. Now, some of the times there are four or five ways per page. And so if you read a page a day, you'd have a couple of ideas to make the rest of your day calmer. Other days, there are beautiful spreads where the idea to calm down or to slow down is surrounded by some beautiful artwork and really lifted out as a quote. I am just opening up the book. You can probably hear it. And I am just going to randomly share with you some of these ways to slow down. Here's number 134. Choose an easy care, five minute hairdo that is not affected much by weather changes, right? Stop worrying about our hair. <gasps> number 506, use the oven instead of the microwave. Number 511, lose the to-do list for the day. Number 613, doodle. Unleash your creativity for your own private pleasure. Number 769, stop sprinting through your day today. What race are you trying to win? And let's see, 913, go to brunch, the most unhurried of all meals. Now, I love these because you could read this book in a couple of different ways, right? You could just start at the beginning and read one way per day and then challenge yourself to actually do that thing. But since there are 1,001 ways, if you want to read the book a little bit faster, you could read a page a day, which would give you anywhere between three and five things that you could try in order to 
slow down. Or you could just open this book whenever you need a reminder to slow down and scroll through until one just speaks to you. And then that's the way that you could slow down for the day. Now, why did I love this book so much? Well, I loved the there were 1,001 ways. I love that they were quick and easy things that we could do. But I loved how tied it was to my five-year journal. I talked about my five-year journal in previous episodes, and I love it. I literally write just one line a day of something good that I want to hold on to from that day so that in five years from now, I can look back and see on February 17th, 2022, I watched Transformers with my family and did nothing else but relaxed on the couch. And that literally is what I did on February 17th of 2022 because it's in my journal. So this book reminded me of that, that we can essentially build our own ways to slow down, our own book of positive things to think about by getting something like a five-year journal or jotting down something from your day in your calendar or your planner or your agenda or your to-do list notebook or whatever it is. So I really loved the connection from reading her 1001 Ways to Slow Down because it reminded me that just noting the good things from my day is a really good way to slow down, especially to remember and slow down the time that seems to be going so very quickly with the kids. Now, last up, I have one book for you that is to be read in small doses and in no particular order, but it's going to be a little bit unexpected. Are you ready for this one? It is called Organizing for the Rest of Us by Dana K. White. Now, you may have heard me mention this before. I can't remember if I mentioned it on this public podcast or if it was part of my Patreon community group, but as part of my 23 in 2023 challenge, I actually attended an author event that Dana was hosting at my local library. And I thought, this is a book that I need. First of all, I love all things organizing and clutter clearing and getting things whipped into shape, but I don't always do it. (laughs) I don't always do it consistently and I can't always convince those around me to join into the organizing fun. So this book is definitely one that I wanted to get my hands on. And like the others, it is small, it is hardcover, it has a beautiful light blue calming cover But what I love the most is the paper inside. This paper is so luxurious. It is thick. It is shiny. It is glossy. And there are real photos of actual homes and events inside those homes in the book. So sometimes we need to read for inspiration. Sometimes we need to read for reflection. And sometimes we need to read in order to take action. This is that kind of book. This is a book that will spark you to take a small dose of action every day or whenever you decide to read it in order to clear up your space, clear up your mind, and clear up your life. So it's in 10 parts. And I just want to read what those 10 parts are so that you can get a sense of the contents of the book. Here they are. Mindset shifts decluttering basics and cures, 
for decluttering paralysis, the container concept and rethinking storage, cleaning routines and easily forgotten cleaning tasks, procrastination station elimination, kitchen cleaning and organizing, bathroom tips and organizing, living areas, clothing and laundry tips, and sentimental clutter. Now, I did say that this book could be read in any order, but I do need to put a little caveat to this. You must read the first section first because it talks about the mindset you need and understanding the layers of a clean house. And I loved this. Dana says that there are three layers to a clean home. There's the clutter layer, there's the daily stuff and the daily routine layer, and then there's the actual cleaning layer. And if we don't attend to all three of those layers, <clears throat> then things will never feel good and organized and set. So this book is filled with 100 realistic strategies to just start cleaning up your home. And as the author mentions, if you clean up your home, it cleans up your mind and it can even clean up your life. Now, how could you do it? Maybe you choose one of these a weekend and you start tackling the clutter in your house just a little bit at a time. Maybe you have a power hour, as Gretchen Rubin likes to recommend, where one hour a week you tackle something that's been piling up. And since we are exploring the Japanese concept of sundoku and get literate this month, tackling those tasks that pile up can feel really good. Or maybe you just open it up and you decide randomly on a whim when you have some extra energy to get started. Now, I love these because they are all very doable. For example, one of them is to walk through your house following the visibility rule so that you gain decluttering momentum. Instead of starting by decluttering that junk drawer that nobody sees, start by decluttering that area of your house where you first walk in. If you declutter that, it's going to set you up for success to want to keep going and do the rest. Now, another one I loved was containing your sock drawer. Quick strategies for cleaning out, matching, and then figuring out what to do with all of those socks that just get thrown in, at least in my house. The other one that I love, strategy 47, is don't fall for the soaking trap. I fall for the soaking trap every time. I'm doing the dishes. I see a pan that looks like it could use some soaking because it might need a little extra scrub. So instead of doing it right there in the moment, I just say, oh, it needs to soak. And I fill it with warm, soapy water and I leave it there. And then I leave it there. And then maybe even a day or two later, it's still there. So that one made me laugh. I think you'll see some of the common traps of cleaning and decluttering throughout this book that you can then tackle. There are other quick strategies like wipe it now or scrub it later when deciding how much of a cleaning to tackle. And the one I loved because I have five dogs is how to fight pet hair. So it's just filled with practical, useful, and fun tips that can help you clean up your home and clean up your mind and clean up your life. And just like the other books, that might not sound as inspirational as it could be, but it does make you feel better, which gives you more space for all of the other things that you could think about.
Now, those are the four books I wanted to share, but I do want to mention there is one more book on my TBR that fits this category of books to read in small doses and out of order. And that book is one I cannot wait to get. I have already pre-ordered it. It's going to be released on March 21st, so in just a couple of days, and it's called Change Your Brain Every Day. Simple daily practices to strengthen your mind, memory, moods, focus, energy, habits, and relationships by Daniel G. Amen. I have loved Dr. Amen's work, and I've talked about You Happier on this podcast before, and I cannot wait for this book because it's going to take all of that research and all of that information he shares so well and break it down into small daily actionable steps. So the book is meant to be written, I'm sorry, <laughs> it's meant to be read a page a day or a section a day. So for example, day one, your brain creates your mind. Day two, if you're struggling, welcome to normal. Day three, when your brain works right, you work right. And then I could skip all the way down to, let's see, day 42, caffeine and the brain. Day 50, the gut-brain connection. Day 77, M is for mental health issues. Day 84, vitamin D, the sunshine vitamin. Day 105, introduction to brain types. This was a really fun game changer to me. I have a persistent, cautious, sensitive brain. Yeah, all, all three wrapped into one. And it gave me some insight into how my brain works and things that I can just blame on my brain, literally, <laughs> for why I am the way I am and just, just go with it. But there are literally 300 and 65 daily tips to strengthen your brain. Actually, there's 366, but daily tips to strengthen your brain so that you can strengthen all of the other aspects of your life. And they are meant to be read in this particular sequence, but I bet you could jump around and read them as you see fit as well. But this is one that I'm definitely going to be reading in order. So that's Change Your Brain Every Day by Dr. Amen. And that is coming on March 21st. So there you go. Four books that I am personally recommending. Five, if you count the book that I first recommended to Amy in the Read Your Feed post. And six, if you count the book that hopefully will be on its way to my mailbox quite soon all started by one read your feed post. I love how reading can take us into rabbit holes. I love it. And now I have stacks of books that not only are filling me up, but hopefully will give you the daily dose of inspiration and action that you might need or want to. So as a reminder, if you want to get in on the read your feed fun, send me a direct message and let me know or comment on any of my read your feed posts. And if you have other books that you think Amy would like, go ahead and share those book recommendations on my posts as well. Now, last thing before I go, I have to give you a sneak peek for the episode that is coming on Thursday. This is a very special episode. I am interviewing an author 
that was on my podcast bucket list to interview one day. And that day has come because I had the courage to reach out and she said yes. And so I'm not going to tell you who that author is, but I am going to give you a hint and say that she is my favorite middle grade author. And she's sharing her three published books to celebrate middle grade March with me. So don't miss it. Even if you are not a middle grade reader, which I know you're not because you're an adult listening to this podcast, but even if you don't read middle grade books, this conversation is for anyone who loves books and who wants to know more about the writing process and who truly understands the power that a book can have, whether you're a child, an adult, or anyone in between. I know you won't want to miss it. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening to this episode. Of course, happy reading, and I'll see you in the next one. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Get Literate Podcast. You'll find links to all the books, resources, and ideas mentioned in the show notes and at alitlife.com. And if you want more, you might like to join my Patreon community. There, you'll find additional inspiration for your reading and writing lives, like bonus podcast episodes, book calendars, monthly book clubs, notebooking challenges, live events, giveaways, and much more. It's only $5 a month, and you get instant access to all the previous content, too. You can learn more at getliterate.co. But one more thing. If you love what you listen to today, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast or take a screenshot of the episode and text it to a friend. This helps the podcast grow and builds our bookish and notebookish community too. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.